Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Believe in Sparks. It's the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network and the only place with a show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? Hey everybody and welcome to this edition of Believe in Sparks. So excited to have you with us because our guest today is a dear friend of mine. Uh, you've heard her name for many years around the UCLA conversation with women's basketball there. Corey Close began her career with the UCLA Bruins as head coach in 2011. And man, what a unique year this has been already. Corey Close, welcome to the show. Well, thanks so much for having me. I love what you're doing with this show, and I think we're all better off for it. So thanks for allowing me to be a part of it. My privilege, my honor. Thank you so much. So when all this craziness happened, when the NCAA and uh, Mark Emmert decided with the Board of Governors to cancel the Division I men's and women's 2020 basketball tournaments, UCLA top 10 in the nation, and you were looking at the dance. Talk about how, how do you get past that? And, and I know you and I talked recently that this is the first time in 27 years that you've not been crazy busy during this month of March. <laughs> it is. So, you know, it's not about me, uh, but it's definitely a new experience for me for sure. And so I'm, uh, I, I, I'm trying to turn, uh, you know, lemons into lemonade. And so for me personally, but, you know, I think it's such an interesting mixed bag because I really do have respect for the very difficult decision that was made by the NCA and the Board of Governors. And I can't imagine how to be in their shoes and to have to make that call uh, knowing, uh, you know, how they're built and the, the economic um, ramifications, the health ramifications, the everything that had to go into making that kind of choice, you know. But in the moment, uh, you know, my biggest... Uh, empathy and concern was for the young women that I have the privilege to lead and you know I mean they they work some of them their whole lives you know for our freshmen this is their first time ever and there's no guarantees you you can't go we go every year I'll get another try I mean there are no guarantees and I felt for those teams I, I, I watched in a hotel room I was out recruiting when University of Portland went for uh, you know, they upset, uh, you know, the WCC tournament and them going to their very first time. And now they're so excited and then ugh, crash, you know. Um, and, you know, I just think that that's, uh, you know, those are the emotions that you're dealing with. And I just I likened it to our team that it's a loss. I mean, it's a loss of a dream. It's a loss of, uh, you know, missed opportunity. Uh, you know, our senior point guard, Japrice Dean, I thought really was going to have a great tournament. And I uh, just had her best practice of the year right before it got canceled. And 
And I think it would have helped her, her, uh, you know, pro stock and, you know, just what she's trying to do at the next level. So um, I think overall, it just was this deep disappointment and loss and sort of all of us trying to look around and go, how do we love each other? Well, how do we lead? Well, how do we, um, you know, care for each other? And at the same time, know that um, there's something bigger going on and that we have to put the good of the, the, the a group more than the good of a few. So I respect the decision. I support the decision, but my heart still broke for the young women I get a chance to lead. Absolutely. And my heart broke for them too. And, and speaking of senior athletes, I want to go back to what Gino said uh, about it being an unprecedented event. So he suggested to the NCAA and been very vocal about it, granting seniors in all winter and spring, spring sports an additional year of eligibility. And as you said, there's no guarantees. So if, if you put yourself in that student athlete's position, what do you do? Yeah, it's, it's, you know, I listened to his interview where he, where he talked about that. I am in full support of that. And emotionally, I say, yes, fight on with that one. Let's go for it. Um, but I also am aware on the other side of all the ramifications, you know, so um, you would have to adjust APR rates, um, you know, in terms of things that how the NCA counts. Uh, you know, academic progress. You'd have to um, change the headcount rate from in women on the women's side from 15 to whatever that number is. And then who pays the difference of that? You know, who who incurs the cost if you're going to have 18 scholarships that year? Uh, who incurs the cost of that? Is it the NCA who just lost? probably close to 900 million, literally, um, from, you know, not having the NCAA tournament. So it becomes very, um, in, in theory and in, you know, empathy and in heart level, I say, yes, I would love for, to see that happen. But I also understand that there are a lot of domino effects that take place from there. I think it's a lot easier for the spring sports than it is for the winter sports because 80% of the winter sport, uh, you know, of basketball at least, completed their season you know, and that's the reality of that. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, the, that, so that you're talking about the 20% of those seniors that didn't get a chance to experience that, you know, the NCAA tournament that they earned um, the right to play. So I think it, it's very convoluted. It's very difficult. And my heart says yes. Um, but my mind says uh, there's a lot of things that still need to be worked through. How do you think this season will be recorded in the history books? Will it be a big asterisk? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I was talking to one of our recruits today. Uh, she's an Aussie, and she's about to go into lockdown tomorrow. Mm. And uh, she was saying, you know, I just, I, this isn't, um, this isn't what I wanted to uh, picture as what we went into the history books with, you know, mm -hmm. and I said, well, that, let's make some new history things when you come here to UCLA. Mm. Um, you know, I, but I, I think, you know, it's unprecedented. I mean, I think it's going to be written in for forever um, in terms of, you know, from a, a monumental historical standpoint about a world pandemic, uh, having the NCAA tournament um, be canceled, uh, you know, just the void of sports for this period of time, how that affects ESPN, sponsorships, TV rights, all of those things. And then you talk about our economy in general and in small businesses and how we did that. And then just, you know, having us all almost take a pause a month. Who knows how long it's going to be a month, maybe two. I don't know. Um, but that, that this was the year that we all were forced to say, stop, pause. Um, you know, uh, John Mark Comer, who's a, has a great podcast um, talking about the el relentless elimination of hurry. 
and I've been re-listening to his podcast on this, and uh, it really convicts my heart that I hate, I hate that this is what is forcing me to pause. And I know a lot of people have it a lot worse. And, you know, I have a, a salaried position and there's a lot of things that I don't have to worry about in this particular time frame. But I have tried to leverage it to change my mind, to change my heart. And one of the things that he talks about in his podcast is that you do really need a drastic uh, change to eliminate hurry in, in your life, the way our culture is run. And my big, my big hope and prayer is for two things. One is that we would have less hurry, that we would be more present with and for each other, and that our hearts would be enlarged with greater empathy. Um, you know, we have a common enemy right now, and that's this virus. And I heard a great analogy today is that we all are going through a storm. Um, the same storm, but we all are in different kind of boats. Some people have the privilege of being in a big old battleship <laughs> and mm. that are, you know, pretty much, uh, you know, have, have ways to cope, even though it may be inconvenient to their, they're in a battleship, even though they're in the same storm. Mm -hmm. But other people are going through that same storm in a kayak mm -hmm. and having to really uh, struggle and, and the anxiety and fear that surrounds that. So my real hope is that we would pause, that we would be present, that we would be more relational, um, and that our hearts would be enlarged with greater empathy. Because though we do go through the same storm right now, we are in varied uh, boats for sure. I love that, Corey. That's, I'm a big analogy person, and that really resonates with me. And you said, you said so many things in, in those moments that, that speaks true to your character. And I know that you're not one to speak about yourself, so I joyfully and with great, <laughs> great pleasure will do so. Uh, one of my favorite things about you as a human and what you parlay into your coaching position is your love of your players and your genuine desire to see them succeed. You've put a lot of young women or help, helped them in their journey. I know you're not going to take credit for it, but you've helped, helped enable a lot of young women to reach their dream of being in the WNBA. And during this time of uncertainty, and I love what you said to your Aussie recruit that, hey, you know what? Let's make new history. And that's, mm. that's who you are. And I adore that about your character and something mm, else. Thank that's, you. Of course, of course. And something else that's very important during this time, you make it a point to uh, involve team building in everything that you do, not just going out in the community and serving, but also with, mm. within your team. And that's a serious component and a beautiful component of what you do. In what ways have you found, in what ways can you give our listeners advice, whether they're coaches, whether they're athletes, whether they're just, you know, people trying to get through this, what are some other ways that you have found to continue that team building going and keeping each other lifted and keeping each other focused on not being in a hurry, finding, hmm. finding patience, finding joy in everyday life? Well, you know, it's interesting because we are in the quarter system and we just finished um, finals. Even, even without this pandemic, um, we, would, uh, we would be going home right now if we weren't in March Madness. And so they are, we put our last player on a plane today to go home. And so, you know, I think that you can't, when some, a crisis comes, when you, um, you know, like they say in sports, you don't rise to the level of your competition, you sink to the level of your training, which is what the Navy SEALs say, right? Mm -hmm. Is that when the pressure rises, you can't, you can't muster up something new that you've either trained and prepared for it or you haven't. And I feel the same way relationally. When crises happen, when 
really um, very difficult relational things happen or when your team is uncharted territory with great loss and disappointment, which ours are right now, you can't um, all of a sudden muster up great team building ideas, right? And so for us, um, we are really relying on the genuine relational deposits that, and investments that have already been made. And the thing I have done best in my job at UCLA is hire people that are way better at it than I am. <laughs> I mean, just, just today, Shannon Perry, and you know her well and, yep. and love her like I do. Um, yep. You know, she's just, she's reaching out and, and fighting for one of our kids to get this specific care that she needs and, and rallying sort of the people that surround her to make sure this young woman is well taken care of. And on a Sunday afternoon, I'm getting these texts from her of how she's orchestrating this, always putting the kid's heart or the young woman's heart first. And so, you know, I think you can't, you can't muster it up suddenly. It's, it's a, um, a genuine deposit of them in them as human beings. I, I had another example today. It's just really interesting all that's going on. So um, Natalie Cho on our team in, uh, is a Chinese American. And she tweeted out yesterday that well, she was in Texas and she was interacting with some people and some very hurtful things were said to her um, in regard to being uh, Chinese and this and, the, you know, the pandemic and the Chinese disease. And, you know, I say that in quotes because mm -hmm. of what, how, how it was said to her. Yep. And she then tweeted out about how it made her feel. And, and, and if you know Natalie Cho, she's a very, she's a people pleaser, number one. She mm. does not like conflict, number two. Mm. And she, she really doesn't put herself out there that much. And, you know, so last, after, after she tweeted this out, I FaceTimed with her and said, I, I just want to know how your heart is. How, how does it make you feel? And, and then to listen to her say, you know, I just, I'm just a fraction of what my African-American teammates have to deal with all the time. I'm, you know, wow. and just, it's taught me all these things and, and she's articulating just what it means and, and to her and how she wants to be a more empathetic um, you know, teammate as a result of this. And, and though it was very hurtful to her. And I said, I said, Natalie, it's okay to sit and that this just hurt for you. And she's like, yeah, but it just makes me think about my teammates. And then uh, the LA times, uh, after I had FaceTime with her, picks up, you know, this story and does an article about her that's out today wow. and, 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 and really accentuates that. But then she gets the chance to share her story and to say, you know, I've just been thinking about my teammates and I've been thinking about what I get to do and, and how it's really drawn her heart to empathy and drawn her heart to, um, what maybe underrepresented or, um, misrepresented groups of people go through and so she I look at that but then before almost five minutes after I've read this article in the LA Times I get a FaceTime from Natalie Cho and she said coach I just want to check in with you I want to make sure that I've represented the program appropriately God love I wanna, her you know right I want to I want to just check in with you are you okay with everything I said and I said Natalie, this is not about me. Mm. This is about you finding your path and your voice and what's passionate about you. I said, I appreciate that. And I thank you for that. Um, but the joy that I feel in watching a young woman, it really doesn't even matter if we agree, disagree. It does. It really is like, it really doesn't matter. What it matters is I get a chance to um, watch young women um, be strengthened from the inside out, to find their voice, to find their service legacy, to learn how to love people really well, even people that are different than them, even 
the way that Natalie then followed up with her friend that had sent something really hurtful to her the day before and to watch her love her unconditionally, even when she didn't feel like it. I mean, when I'm a coach, I get to watch all that. I'm like, oh my goodness. Um, but that is a result of a lot of people um, pouring into her life and a lot of great uncommon choices by Natalie to foster that kind of thinking. So it's really hard for me to, I know it's a long answer to your question, Stacey, but I, from my perspective, I, I just, I get to be, um, Shannon does a leadership class. It's called Lit, Leaders in Training. And, uh, and in there, they, they read a book by um, Foster Mobley. And he, uh, he talks about how leadership is going on a journey and then calling other people with you and to bring other people with you. So I just feel like I'm on this journey and hopefully I have a chance to influence and call people with me, call people up. And so, you know, I think there's so many ways you can go from team building and those kinds of things. But in a time like this, um, you really rise to the level of your investment. Uh, you rise to the genuine relationships you have had a chance to invest in and build. And so um, I just try to stay on the journey and love people where they are, ask for forgiveness when I screw it up, and it happens often, um, but, but at the same time, uh, just really walk in grace and truth. Mm. Your answers can be as long as you want them to be, because you always bless me with your words and with your, mm. with your sharing, so thank you so much for sharing that yeah. with our listeners, too, and I love silver linings, and mm. perhaps this unfortunate event mm. in, our, in our time also enabled Natalie to have a voice. And Agreed. If, right. And if it weren't for this, it would have maybe not happened as quickly. And I'm really, really pleased to hear that she used her voice and used it in such a powerful, beautiful way. We're going to yep. take a short break. Make sure you stay with us. Corey Close joins us, head coach of the UCLA Bruins women's program. We'll be back with more Believe in Sparks on the Believe Podcast Network right after this. While you're waiting this out at home with us, you can still have some fun betting at betonline.com. I know, no March Madness or any of your favorite leagues, but BetOnline.com still has hundreds of places to wager, including their online casino with poker and blackjack. And listen, sports aren't totally done. There's still mixed martial arts, American Idol, the election, the spelling bee. Oh, and don't forget Nathan's hot dog eating contest, which, come on, that is certainly a sport to behold. So there's still fun to be had at betonline.com. Just use promo code MYPOD100 to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right. For my listeners, 50% off with your promo code MYPOD100. BetOnline. The fun never ends. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Believe in Sparks. Joining us is Corey Close, the head coach of the women's basketball team at UCLA. And once a Bruin, always a Bruin. I love Kevin Love, uh, who came out very quickly uh, when the NBA was canceled and donated money straight away mm -hmm. to those people that, uh, as you mentioned earlier, you're one of the ones that's on a salary job right now. And, and for those folks that, that aren't, Kevin Love, show and love and mm -hmm. uh, representing the Bruins quite well. What else have you seen in and amongst uh, the community of basketball in terms of people really stepping up and giving back during this time? Well, how about uh, one of the Sparks' own, Shanae Ogumake? Uh, yeah. You know, with her 28, uh, she's turning 28, which made me feel very old um, since I'm 48. <laughs> but, uh, but she's, uh, you know, given back, uh, I think, $2,800 on her birthday. And um, just what a great way to spend her time and her talent and her treasure uh, in, uh, celebrating her birthday 
uh, giving back to other people. But, you know, I think that all, I think Kevin Love is, you know, one is so special that way. And there's been so many people that have stepped up and really um, big ways or small ways. And then the great things is that it doesn't matter if it's big or small. It matters uh, the state of your heart and that it makes a difference for one. And so if you're able to make a difference for more, of course, you know, but, uh, uh, you know, I had a phrase, uh, Andy Stanley on a leadership podcast says, don't let what you, uh, what you can't do for all keep you for what you can do for one. Mm. And, you know, I just think that's really our challenge, right? Even if, if it's your neighbor next door, um, my parents are a little bit older and they live in Chatsworth. And I've been so grateful uh, for my parents' neighbors. My mom has been walking at night and um, I've just been so grateful. I've not been able to go out there and see them because I flew on a commercial flight um, less than 14 days ago. So I don't want to put them at risk yet. And so I've been so grateful for their neighbors. My mom says every night she goes out on her walk, people come out of their, out of their houses and say, is there anything you need? Is there anything you need fixed? Can I get you some groceries? And you know, most people are never going to know that, um, like they will about Kevin Love and what mm -hmm. he did, which I'm so grateful for. Um, but boy, for that one, for my mom, that yep. meant the world. Absolutely. And so, you know, may we all be that way. May we all not be distracted by the big that we miss what we can do for the one. And, uh, you know, I think it's a great opportunity for me um, to truly love my neighbor. So, and even if your neighbor is a pain in the rear, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> you know, you got to, uh, that's, that's what you, unconditional means is that, through time of all this you you go you know what all that stuff the petty stuff doesn't matter I just want to love my neighbor well and so yeah. um you know so I think it's there's been a lot of people most people you won't hear about in the media mm -hmm. but I think there's a lot of people making some really great choices for the one I agree. And I, I love that as well. And I'm trying to do the same thing. I know that we can't visit nursing homes, which is something that I enjoy doing from time to time, mm. just, just to pop in and love on people or play a game of checkers with someone. And, um, you know, that can't be done. So I'm trying to find other ways and have found other ways that I can love on people that mm -hmm. uh, fr from a distance, you know, that, that right. can't get love. Or I have neighbors currently also that I know can't get to the grocery store and, and anything mm. that I can do to, to elevate that and to make this experience um, just as comfortable in an uncomfortable situation. And right. you know, when, when we look at, at, at our game, at the game of basketball, we can we have such a unique platform to address major issues, to stand together as a progressive community and not only care about the players and, and care about um, the staff, but care about the fans. And um, how do you also manage the level of anxiety that comes mm. with this particular situation? This is unprecedented <clears throat> for all of us, especially for yeah. someone in your position. Well, and I think that's one of the things that I, I, you know, respect of Kevin Love even more than his donation um, is his honesty and courage about his struggle with anxiety and depression. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that's the bigger gift in the fact of his, is his willingness to be courageous enough to be vulnerable. Um, you know, I, I woke up in the middle of the night last night and I just was really anxious and, you know, it just took me, you know, a couple of hours to be able to go back to sleep and, um, you know, I think that it's just, I think being honest about it, um, for me, it, it, it really has to do with my faith and that I, I know who holds the future, but sometimes I lose sight of that. And sometimes I try to take back control and it feels like there's so much out of our control right now. But I, I for me, I, I literally take 15 really deep breaths. And on the way out, I say, relax out loud on one and then Jesus on another. Ooh. That's my personal, that's my personal faith. But 
um, you know, I think that all of us, I think, have different ways. Um, but I think the biggest thing we need to do is be honest when we're feeling that way and yeah. to say, uh, you know, I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling to not trust in my future. I, you know, my 401k just went down the tubes or, um, you know, relationally, I'm really struggling. I feel very lonely and isolated or whatever the case might be. I think that is where the real courage happens. Uh, that's where the real growth happens, though it's really, really difficult. And I think it binds us together. You know, I've never had someone say, be courageous to me um, or to anyone that has been willing to be vulnerable and has not gained respect in the process. I mean, you know, I mean, how many times in your life have you had someone say, you know what, this is something I need to share with you. I'm really struggling with this, Stacey. And you go, man, goodness gracious. I mean, that doesn't happen. Yeah. It, and it takes such courage. Yeah. And you just gain respect for that person. You don't Absolutely. lose it, you gain it. Absolutely. And so I think the more that we can practice that with each other, um, the better off we're going to be. But I mean, just last night, it 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 got me for a minute. And, and uh, you know, I think it's a discipline to bring yourself, your mind back to truth. Uh, my great friend, John Gordon, um, uh, he, he talked about how what, two things. One is um, how Gandhi said, I will not let you tramps through my mind with your dirty feet mm, and that can be that anxiety it can be you know untruths about how we talk to ourselves but we are not going to let the negativity of anyone or anything tramps through our minds with their dirty feet and that so I really think about that like I don't have to, just because you have a thought doesn't mean you have to believe the thought that's right. and to learn how to take that captive and to and I'm, and believe me, I'm preaching to myself more than I am to anybody who's listening is that I have to really catch it and have awareness of what I'm dwelling on and, and try to turn that around. And another thing my friend John Gordon said is he said, um, you know, I was talking to him about a positive culture and a positive mindset. And he, and I said, what, you know, he says, we all have a positive dog and a negative dog. And I said, well, how do you, how do you take advantage of the positive dog? And he said, oh, the dog that wins is the one you feed the most you know mm. and so the reality is is what am i feeding and am i feeding um tr myself with truth with affirmation with positivity with hope mm. um and, and, you know and that doesn't mean you're a pie in the sky that you don't deal with reality i think that's a farce um people think about positivity that just people who don't live in reality and i don't right. think that's the case right um i, I think the the reality is uh, it's a discipline of our minds and it's and it's difficult if it was mm -hmm. easy everyone would do it um, but I think um, that's where community comes in. That's where teams come in, um, that we can help each other be better than we could be on our own. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I've, I've heard it said, feed your faith, starve your fears. And I love that mm -hmm. one too. Same, yep. con same concept. I love that. Well, along that same line, when you talk to your senior, um, you just had one senior on the squad, this team, right? Correct. Okay. Mm -hmm. When when you talked to her about because you said she had the best practice ever, you know she was she was teed up for a great tournament. Looking ahead, if she had, I don't know her personally, but if she has desires to go to the WNBA, how do you keep her encouraged? Because she's got all those those games and competition to prove herself even more. And how do you think the WNBA should approach uh, the opportunity to to look at those athletes that didn't get a chance to finish and, and really finish in the way they wanted to? Well, I think it's a life thing, right? I'm like, I said to our team, this is, uh, I wish it was going to be different, but this is not going to be the first time that, or the last time that you have encountered something that is just isn't fair. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure the WNBA can deal with it because they got enough trying to figure out if they're going to play. 
I mean, yeah. Canada just said today they're not going, their athletes aren't going to the Olympics. Yeah. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, I think that I, I told Japrice Dean, I said, Japrice, you know, and Allie Rosenblum was also a senior, but she's not playing. So it just is a little different dynamic for her. Um, but I said to Japrice, I said, um, you know, we talk all about in our program that our goal is to help. We have a phrase, event plus response equals outcome. E plus R equals O. And our goal um, over the course of her time here is to make her R stronger, her response stronger than any E she will ever have to face. The E's are out of our control. And this is a great example of that. And so I said to her, this is when your training really pays off. You have been training your R for three years. You have been, you know, really working at your craft, not only on your basketball craft, but your mental craft to, to mentally focus on the things under your control and how you respond to things that, that are not fair, that are outside of your control, that you, that you are very hurtful, you know, but the reality is you can't control them. And so, um, you know, we talk a lot about no matter what the circumstance, we can choose growth or grit and we can choose joy. And, you know, she can't control all those things with the WNBA. We're talking a lot together. I was just talking to her earlier today about, you know, agents and studying film. Who needs a point guard? She's a point guard. Which teams need a point guard? She's studying film on those teams. Um, we're going to be doing conference calls with agents. You know, the reality is taking positive steps on whatever she can to put herself in the best position. How can she outwork someone else that's going to be on that same training camp roster? Um, and so, you know, the reality is she's using yet another opportunity as unfair and as difficult and as hurtful as it is as an opportunity to strengthen her R. Um, but it doesn't diminish how hard it is. True Classic Tees are my favorite. It's based in LA and it's a t-shirt company that's on the rise. The t-shirts are so soft, they hold up in the wash and they're incredibly versatile. You can wear them out, wear them to work out, or even just around the house. And the best part is they're incredibly cheap, only $15. And now you can get them for even less. Go to trueclassictees.com and use the code BLEAV at checkout for 20% off. That's believe. B-L-E-A-V at trueclassictees.com. Just your encouragement and your honesty and, and the way you speak life and speak truth into your players. And over the years, mm-hmm. you, you've entrusted me with some of your players whom I still love and, and keep in close yeah. contact with. And I'm so grateful for that. And, you know, you've seen a lot of young women uh, make their way to the WNBA. Give us a, a little snapshot of, of what you've seen in terms of those women that you've coached into those positions and how you've seen them just grow and change. Well, I'm just excited for the WNBA, and I, I sort of want to challenge the city of Los Angeles. This is the month of the woman, right? I mean, mm-hmm. and, and is in the midst of the pandemic, we've sort of lost that a little bit, but one of the ways we can rally is we can get um, alongside of our collegiate um, teams women's teams as well as the sparks yes and i love the opportunity i have to go to games in the summer to support what they're doing and i know i'm going off track for a second with no, what you perfect. asked me but perfect but i i just i think when you know do we really want to empower women do we really want to support um what sports does the statistics don't lie 
the, mm -hmm. um, the women that are involved in sports over a long period of time and who have positive role models in sports, um, they don't have encounter cancer as much. They're less likely to be in an abusive relationship. They're more likely to be in executive leadership positions. I mean, it goes on and on. And that's a really practical way. I know the entertainment dollar is uh, spread pretty thin here in LA, but one of the great ways you can foster and enhance strong, powerful, empathetic, compassionate women is to support women's sports. Yes. And, you know, in the summer, you know, those sparks are spectacular. I love uh, not only the way they play, but who they are and how they're involved in our community. I love the Division One women's basketball um, teams in Southern California. And uh, I think we've been really good about not only growing our own programs, but helping me and supporting each other. But as a community, as a culture, we're talking a lot about the empowerment of women. We're talking a lot about, um, you know, giving women equal opportunities and, and really strong role models, but still 4% of all coverage is of men or women is, you know, the 96% is of men. Mm -hmm. So sports center, uh, live games, and we've made a lot of progress. Don't get me wrong. I always say you got to live in the healthy tension, um, mm. being grateful for how far we've come because we really have come a long way. We've yes. made great strides. Yes. Um, and at the same time, the other side of that tension is that we got a long way to go and right. we need to keep working and keep changing and keep fighting in a balanced fashion. And so, um, but you know, and as, as, um, you know, Los Angeles women, let's come together and let's empower uh, women by supporting them in their journey because there is nothing more powerful for a woman in terms of the execution of her life and opportunity and life skills than being involved in team sports. Mm. But to also answer your question is we, we've put 61 um, players in the WNBA from between our staff um, and we are so proud of them. Um, but what a, I mean, it's the it's a really still a young league. And so to watch them be able to chance to uh, realize their dreams to play professionally is wonderful to see the new collective bargaining agreement come to pass this year and make a no, more positive steps is yes. also wonderful. Yes. Um, and still, I go to way too many games that they're empty arenas yeah. and there were more um you know uh summer league games on tv there are actually more sierra canyon high school boys games on this year on espn than there were WNBA games last year yeah so, yeah you know and that's nothing against sierra canyon boys i i, I love know. what they do i, I that's know. nothing against them i don't want less for the men i don't Absolutely. want less for boys i Absolutely. want more more for the coverage of women and and i do think it's not just a coverage issue it's a cultural issue and i think we need to um empower celebrate uh and and bring light to the amazing journeys of these athletic women i could not agree more well there's another young lady who you didn't coach her but you coached against her uh, in the Pac-12 at Oregon State, my co-host, Sydney Weiss. What do you remember of her game? Oh, my gosh. She's one of my favorites. <laughs> uh, first of all, you can't help but say Sydney Weiss without smiling. It's so true. Uh, you know, oh, my gosh. I still follow her on social media. Um, I, I respect her work ethic. I love mm -hmm. her joy. Um, when I talk to her teammates, whether it be her coaches and teammates at Oregon State or the Sparks, uh, they all talk about how she's one of the best teammates. And, um, you know, Elena Baird, Beard is one of my good friends. I've known her since she was 15 years old. And to listen to her talk about Sydney Weiss and, and, you know, this is like 
one of the stalwarts of the WNBA, mm-hmm. you know, and, and mm-hmm. obviously just retiring um, this year. But she um, she could not be more effusive of her praise of Sydney mm-hmm. Weiss. Um, but big shot Sid is what I'd call her. I mean, <laughs> I remember even when she was in high school watching her at EYBL uh, Nationals and uh, in Augusta, Georgia, and it was like big shot after big shot. And then being able to obviously, unfortunately, be on the other end of that a little bit when we were at UCLA a couple times, but we had some great battles. Um, but love, she was she was really a big person in, in elevating that program to where it is. And I, you always need when you're building a program those, you know, maybe two or three pivotal players that believed in the vision before it had the backing of statistics and wins and accomplishments. And she was one of those. Um, you know, foundational players for Oregon State. And, and to compete against her was hard at times, but also a joy because you knew she was a part of building something that was going to be a legacy that was going to live on past when she graduated. And, and I'm so thrilled she's here with the Spark. She became really good friends with uh, Carrie Corver here at mm. UCLA, as well as Nicole Cornett. And, and they had a lot of fun together. Lindsay Casaro a little bit too. And um, so I loved watching their relationship. They they would go to the beach together, went to church together, uh, enjoyed each other's company, and they would all go to her games and cheer her on. But I just, uh, I really am, I, I'm really impressed with how amazing she is on the court and what a program changer she's been. But I'm even more impressed with um, how she gives to the people around her and the kind of human being and character that she possesses. I second that, Corey. Thank you so much for sharing that. And you're right. I'm still smiling. Like right when we started talking about her, I have not wiped the smile off my face. She's going to be, she's going to be. What a gift, right? Yes. How how cool that someone says that about you, that when they say your name, they can't help but smile. That is. I'm like, how? I'm not sure it can get much better. I agreed. I completely Mm -hmm. agree. She's, she's going to be so blessed to to hear you have said those words. Well, if you Mm -hmm. enjoy this show, please subscribe and rate our show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories, including iTunes, Spotify, Google play, Stitcher, Luminary, and tune in. You can also find us at believe.com and at believe podcasts. Make sure you keep, keep up with Swiss baby 24, Sydney Weiss on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm also on both of those mediums at Stacey Pates and coach Corey close. How can we follow you and support you? Well, I, I'm telling, I already said it. It's not really about me. Um, I'm at, I think UCLA WBB is uh, where I am located or, uh, Coach Corey, I think, women's basketball. But honestly, I, I re- like I said before, I want you to support women's basketball mm. uh, wherever that is and, and follow it, uh, give it, bring light to it, tell their stories as you're already doing. But uh, for anyone who's listening, it, it's really meaningful to people for, to come alongside our women and support their journey. Um, they, they appreciate it so much. So like, rather than following me, it's more important that you follow these great women and show up and put butts in the seats. Absolutely. Absolutely. Coach Corey Close from UCLA Women's Basketball, you are a treasure to the game. You are a gift to my life. And uh, I certainly cannot wait. As are you. Thank you so much. I can't wait to physically see you again very, very soon. And thank you so much for being part of this edition of Believe in Sparks. Thanks for having me. They see me smiling when I hit the streets. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.